We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This is Rams Uncensored with Matt Herrera. This, this just, the, like that whole, I, I don't know, it just makes Brian Juano. I am in the cornfield looking at you right now. Tommy Avance. I want to host a, a radio show, but I stutter. And Mark. Luhan. You blending up those Krispy Kreme donuts and juicing that? You have now entered the danger zone. I'll give you a virtual hug, too. All right, everyone, welcome to Rams Uncensored. Thanks for listening. I am your host, of course, Matt Herrera, along with my co-hosts, Tommy Avance, Mark Lujan, and Brian Juano. Brian, why don't you say hi to everyone? <sighs> oh, thanks. We don't actually have to listen to that motherfucker sigh instead of just hearing your amazing, <laughs> awesome, awkward silence after you just dropped some knowledge on us, Tommy. <laughs> Why aren't you talking, Brian? <laughs> hey, Brian, where are you at, buddy? So, obviously, since Brian's out this week, we brought in our friend Austin from Rams Twitter to fill in this week. So, everyone, please welcome to the show, Austin. What's 
up, guys? What's up, buddy? Welcome. Austin, Welcome. why don't you give everybody your, your at on Twitter? Yeah, thanks for having me. My Twitter ad is, uh, I changed it a little bit ago. I think it's Rams Regeared now. Is that your last name, Regeared? That's how you pronounce my last name. So it's yeah. a little play on it. Oh, cool. I dig it. Nice. All right. Um, well, thanks for joining us today, man. We really appreciate it. I got, I had the pleasure of hanging out for the first time with Austin last year. He came out, was it last year or the year before? It was last year, man. It was, it was for last the... Year. Game. The Seattle game, week 11. The Seattle game, yes, I know. As you know, you have to hang out with me. I drink a lot of fucking beer, so it's hard for me to remember <laughs> which game is which. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't know how much you had before I, I met up with you guys. You don't want to know. Put it down. <laughs> you don't want it. It put most people in a fucking coma. That would include me, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> that, that one beer you gave me, uh, what, what was it, preseason week three? Oh. That had me good and buzzed for a good hour or so, man. See, if Brian was on the show right now, he totally would have fucking went after you with the lightweight comment. But we're not going to do that today because he's not here. It's so nice. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm well, a lightweight, Tom, so I don't think I'm going to be able to hang with Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Mark's a professional drinker. He, he drinks um, on a consistent basis where when I drink, I just drink a lot in one day. And I won't drink again <laughs> until the next Rams game. I'd, I'd love to try to keep up. You can try, but you, you, you don't. You know, I wouldn't suggest it. There's a lot of people that try to keep up with me at the games, and usually by second quarter they have their head between their legs, and we have to carry them out of the fucking stadium. Nah, yeah, I'm all here for Matt trying to keep up with Tommy on one game. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that Instagram story going that entire game, whatever yeah. that one. Yeah, is. you don't want you don't want to do that, Matt, because you're sitting with me and we're with. Angel and Paul, Pink and Rough in the front, and the the cam always comes to us because of Angel. So the kiss cam, the whatever cam, the flex cam comes over to our section. <laughs> so if you're blacked out drunk, I'm gonna put your head in my lap, <laughs> and we're gonna be on the we're gonna be on the ZJ cam. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've never blacked out before, and, and I plan how plan to never experience that. So. That was a warning shot, by the way, to prevent you from doing something you don't want to do. All right. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. All right. I also have a pretty good angle of you from where I'm at, Matt. So I, oh, I yeah. get some nice, nice snapshots, recordings. Mark, Andy, and Sly are all in peanut throwing range of us. If they have, if they have good arms, we will be getting beaned in the back of the head with fuck peanuts, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a bag too, and we're gonna have a sling war, dude. I'm going to need a lot of sunscreen, right? Oh, yeah. I'll bring some, too. All right. I always bring some with us. Well, let's get into the first topic. Let's talk about the game from last week, man. Let's do it. So, Ken, I want to get off on this little little bit of a tangent, but it's about the game real quick, and I want to get your guys' thoughts. Because expectations from fans, I get it. They're different this year. We just got – went to the Super Bowl. Granted, they lost, but this team is a successful team. And it's, you know, these last three years, we've been able to watch Rams games week one and have a good experience and just good vibes experience around that overall atmosphere, right? And it's like, oh, they can win. But, oh, my gosh, Twitter on Sunday, just after the first half, you there was, I mean, even our the platform that we do this podcast for, at Talk Rams on Twitter – 
they came out and were talking about the mental state of Todd Gurley, like sports psychology wise. I know you were talking about that a little bit in the Super Bowl, Tommy, last episode, but I just don't see it and I don't get it because even Shannon Sharp was saying some stupid shit, saying like, oh, there's something wrong with him. He's only got five carries and 12 yards. And you could tell that Shannon Sharp wasn't watching the fucking game because if you watched his five carries, they were they were had fucking eight guys down in the box. They were ready for the run when Todd Gurley was up in that first half. But what happened in the tw- in the fourth quarter with under like 10 minutes left, right? They, t- after Goff threw that interception right behind Robert Woods, we see fucking... Jared Goff hand the ball off to Todd Gurley four straight times. They eat the clock up. They end up scoring. I don't know if it was a touchdown, but I know uh, they put push the lead to 10 points. So like, I just feel like everyone – it seemed like a loss on Twitter. I don't know. Is that, is that the way you guys felt? Well, I mean, if you think about it, if we don't win by 50 every game, it's a loss as far as fucking social media is concerned. Um, yeah, I agree. Everyone was – freaking out i was watching the game on the couch with my son and i wasn't worried one bit we looked like the better team the whole game no matter what we did right or wrong they just weren't as good as we are and that's the bottom line and the score did not reflect that the final score was 30 to 27 but we beat them up the whole game right that we were we had a good lead on them Everyone always gets back in the game at the end. They all run no huddle. They all run down the field and score touchdowns and and field goals and panic and make the game look closer on paper at the end of the day than it really was. And it wasn't. And Corey Littleton was the player of the game. And for all the crap he gets, dude, he killed it. And one play that people aren't talking about is the play where they threw the backwards pass and he went after the player, not the ball. And I watched it multiple times. And I got to tell you, man, there's no better of a team player than behavior like that. He dove on that receiver to make sure he could not get back up to try to get that ball and allowed his three teammates to get the ball. That's how you get it done. Mark? I, ho- I, I agree completely. Um, Corey was definitely impressive. To go back to what Matt was saying about not agreeing about the whole um, Todd Gurley thing and it being all mental. I tweeted this during the game that maybe, you know, with the the split touches and everything, maybe it wasn't something that he was exactly thrilled with. So, I mean, sometimes that gets in your head. It can be a mental thing. You could be lacking confidence. I mean, we saw last year in the NFC Championship, I mean, after that drop that he had, you know, in the red zone and it went for an interception. Like you just, he hung his head, man. He had his head down. It was just like, come on, man. It's sure. the playoffs. We're a game away from the Super Bowl. Get your, like just fucking brush it off and get going. And it kind of didn't happen. And I mean, on Sunday you saw him get going in the fourth quarter, obviously, you know, he was fresh. And I think that it's all about buying into what Sean McVay wants to do this year. Obviously, we don't want a Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, you know, <clears throat> that whole fiasco. You know, I mean, he was always beat up during the playoffs and at the end of the season. We don't want that happening. Sean McVay's smarter than that. He knows that we need to keep really fresh. And what's worse, like, <clears throat> come on. So the Panthers' defense was worn down already in the fourth quarter. They they had to have been 
to see it. I mean, if you're as a defensive player, you're already, you know, hands on your hips, you're huffing and puffing. Todd Gurley is fresh. He's running full speed on you while you're, you're fucking tired. Like that. Come on. Like he iced the game for us. And I guarantee you, Sean McVay had that planned all along. What do you think, Austin? I think it was, it was an ugly win, but it was a win. And like, you had Jared Goff not playing great. You missed a bunch of open guys. You had Todd Gurley only playing like significantly in the second half in the fourth quarter, like you said. And you had Aaron Donald not completely taking over a game. And we still won, put up 30 points and won. So right. if you're upset about that, playing a, a good defense in the Carolina Panthers and still coming out with a win, playing not your best, like just go. Cool. Yeah, go be a fucking go football. Or go be a go be a fucking Dolphins fan. How about that? <laughs> go be a fucking Dolphins fan and and see how they feel. You know, every time you as a human being, and I do this as a motivational tool, right? When you're feeling down, Americans are fucking depressed left and right, all Xanaxed out, the fucking sky is falling. Our lives are so horrible. We're Americans. What do we do? Hey, motherfucker, why don't you fucking Go to Afghanistan and go look at those little kids that are born every day dodging fucking landmines and tell me your life's so bad, you fucking babies. Give me a break, dude. You know what I mean? You crying about a 30 to 27 win? I don't want to hear that shit. Suck it up. We got the dub. Moving on. Let's go. And we did. Just just (laughs) remember 2009 and everything's fine. Damn (laughs) right. You damn right. No, hey, in in the Jeff Fisher era, we lose that game. Definitely. Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I remember uh, I Coach Fisher, but we lose that game. Yeah, I remember when I would celebrate a first down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, what did we talk about last week? We said the right thing to do is to preserve Gurley to be ready if we make a playoff. Right. Correct. Correct. So that's exactly what they fucking yeah. did. So they're doing what we thought they were going to do and what we hoped they were going to do. So smart people like us should be pretty fucking stoked right now, right? Yeah, and I think all these other fucking fans are freaking out. I'm like, what are you freaking out about, dude? Like, you know this is exactly what out? we're looking for. You know why they're freaking out, Tommy? Why? Because fucking Todd Gurley ain't putting up numbers in their fantasy football team. That's why. Yeah, fuck your <laughs> fantasy team, you fucking tool. I have Todd Gurley on my team. He only got me 10 points, and I lost. And you know what? I didn't really give a fuck. I didn't. You know why? Because Rams won. Hey. All right, let's get into this, man. Yeah. So talking about this Rams team, you know, I've referenced it a lot about Sean McVay and Jared Goff being the next or closest thing to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, right? And this dynasty that they've created. So with this dynasty that they are trying to create, let's be specific. They they ain't done shit yet. Right. It's only been, it's just, it's what, fourth year. So going into year four no or year three there you go shit <laughs> Add in a year. better edit that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah stop fucking laughing and, and i'll get into it <laughs> so <laughs> going into year three so let's talk about this dynasties that never were so Going over the only one that's been during my lifetime that I'm knowledgeable of 
is the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts from 2003 to 2010. Of course, manned by none other than the Sheriff, Peyton Manning. They had one championship, eight playoff wins during that time. Their record was 99-29, and 29, the second best in the NFL during that span. And this, their biggest dynasty obstacle, of course, was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the New England Patriots. When you've got arguably the best quarterback in NFL history and you win your division seven times in eight seasons, you're going to flirt with dynasty status. The problem is you can't earn that distinction merely by being dominant during the regular season. During this run, Peyton Manning and the Colts were a mere 9-7 and seven during the playoffs, and they only won one Super Bowl. They lost Super Bowl 44, right? Is that right? Did I count that right? 44? I don't know. I can't read fucking Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. I fucking read English numerals, motherfucker. Fuck. That was pretty good for me. They lost <laughs> Super Bowl. So. If you recall, they lost Super Bowl 44 in 2009 to the shitty-ass Saints, but they made only one other conference championship game, losing to the Patriots in 2003. That was India's biggest problem. Manning kept getting beat by Tom Brady and the Patriots. New England knocked the Colts out of the playoffs in route to the Super Bowl in both 2003 and 2004, and had the Colts won those games, they'd have been the dynasty instead of the Pats getting the label. And we'd probably see the Sheriff walking away and retiring from the game with more than just two Super Bowls. Yeah, because one of those Super Bowls came from a different team, too. You know, I mean, right? They if they didn't have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the AFC to compete with every year in the playoffs, how many more championships do you think they would have had than one in those eight years? Who knows? At least four, right? You would think. I mean, you would assume they were that they were that good in offensively. In the they were teams, clinics. Yeah, and the NFC team. Yeah, like, you oh, had Marvin Harrison. You know, I mean Reggie Wayne. Yeah, Reggie Wayne, Ed, Edwin James. I mean, that that team was stacked. I mean, and they Bob ran Sanders the, on it, defense. Bob Sanders. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. And then you also have to incorporate the Steelers in there because the Steelers, you know, they had they had some good years in there too. Um, there's just a lot of good teams in that AFC. During that era, a lot of good teams. Yep, the one that's one of the dynasties that never were. One of the dynasties that never were that I got to grow up watching was the Buffalo Bills from nine. Very short stint, but very powerful. From 1988 to 1993, they won zero championships and had ten playoff wins. Their record was 70 and 26, which is fantastic. Good enough to be second in the NFL during that span. Their biggest obstacle that prevented them from being a dynasty was the NFC East juggernauts gave them four, count them, four straight Super Bowl losses. Maybe everything would have been different if Scott Norwood had made the game-winning field goal at the conclusion of a Super Bowl. Not missed wide right. That was Buffalo's first Super Bowl appearance. Coming off two years after Hall of Fame quarterback, Jim Kelly led them to their only second playoff win in the modern era. Buffalo would get back to the Super Bowl three years in a row after that, making them the only team in NFL history to win four consecutive championships. 
That's an incredible accomplishment. And I rooted for him every single time. And it was the same result. They lost to the Giants following three blowout losses at the hands of Washington and Dallas twice. The Bills could never be considered a dynasty because of this, unfortunately. Who is that wide receiver they also had? Andre, was it Andre Reed? Reed. Yeah. Andre Reed. Dude, their roster on offense and defense was locked and loaded with superstars. And how great was Jim Kelly? I never got to watch that guy. And he's always someone who's being talked about. It doesn't isn't he on some CBS broadcasts occasionally too? Yeah, he's been um he does some appearances, but he's been battling throat cancer off and on that's for right. years now. That's right, that's right. Um but I mean I remember man, I was just a kid and I was watching a playoff game, the Oilers versus the Bills, and the Oilers were up, I believe it was thirty five to zero at halftime. And Jim Kelly got hurt and Frank Wright, their backup quarterback, came in. And they won the game 38 to 35. That's they right. They scored 38 unanswered points in the second half with a backup quarterback. Frank, Re- he's now the the head, head coach, coach of, of the, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Exactly. Yeah, I remember, that's insane. I remember mm-hmm. seeing those highlights go around when when he was announced of that game. That was that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and I was pissed too because as much as I rooted for the Bills, you know, because I just felt bad for him, I really, you know, dug the Houston Oilers and their run and shoot offense with Warren Moon. Um, so I was rooting for them that game, and being up 35-0, I was like, oh, this is we good. I was wiping my hands like, hey, Grandma, check this out. This one's a wrap, you know? And she's like, oh, wow, that's cool. And uh, before you know it, I'm like yelling and screaming, are you kidding me? Like in the second half. It was brutal, man. I mean, that's unbelievable. You're up 35-0. That's a that's W. Game. That's yeah, a that's W, game. dude. Like, <laughs> man, we, we want to talk about. How many have you seen like well, that? Well, think about it. Talk about like. Uh, you know, the Saints, or not the Saints, but the Falcons a few years ago blowing that 25-point lead they had in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But 35-point 30, lead, man, you had an extra 10 on there. That's that's unbelievable that that was even possible, you know. Sorry. But, you know what? You remember when we played the Saints in the wild card game? Was it back in 2000? Oh, yeah. I remember. It was the year we after we yeah, we were down like we we're down by quite a bit in that game, if I remember correctly. Oh, we were getting we, smoked. We, yeah, and we we got it to overtime, and fucking Azazir Hakeem fucked it up for us with the fucking muff punt. Oh yeah, that that's <laughs> that guy that's still gives stomach. me nightmares. Yeah, Oz Hakeem still gives me nightmares with his fumbling punts all the time, dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, my, uh, Mark, you're up. Uh, you know, so I kind of came in in the latter later half of, you know, seeing the Broncos at the end of their dynasty. Obviously, John Elway ended it with two Super Bowl wins in a row. Um, you know, they they had some losses. Was it three of them between 86 and 89? And then they kind of fell off after that. And who was the was who was the quarterback back then for Denver? I don't. I, I can't even remember. Yeah. John Elway. Well, well, no, but he was—he's was a quarterback that long. Yeah. yeah. The whole Since fucking 80, time, bro. The whole time. Damn. Dude, dude. he was—he was whipping everyone's ass <laughs> back in the day, and then he would get to the Super Bowl and lose like all the fucking time, dude. It was ridiculous because yeah, I mean, they always got to the playoffs. 
And he was rather young back then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His first couple of years in the league. And you had uh, Dan Reeves, who also uh, he coached the the Falcons too, right? For a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, yeah, Michael Vick. And you got Mike Shanahan, who led them to the two Super Bowl wins. I mean, that was during the the Super Bowls that they lost. That was kind of during the what the Forty Niners dynasty, kind of cowboy like in the middle of the Cowboys dynasty. Um. I mean, it was a great team. <laughs> it's it's kind of like I said. I don't, I don't know. That was kind of in the midst of me just barely watching football. I was pretty young back then. I like I said, I do remember the Broncos winning those two Super Bowls against the Packers and the Falcons. Um, I actually remember rooting for them in those Super Bowls. And little did I know that right after that, our Rams would be Super Bowl champions. Damn right. Uh, and I, I mean, would would you consider them a dynasty winning those those two Super Bowls? No. Nope. They're kind of fringe dynasty, like yeah. not how, quite. What would you consider? How many Lombardis makes you a dynasty, right? In a dynasty, you have to get Lombardis in a short, you know, in a within a period of time. Right. Right. Like it can't five be to ten years. Yeah, like the Steelers have six Super Bowl trophies, right? But they were they got them in all different eras, so. That's not a dynasty. That's just they have the most trophies now tied with the Patriots now, right? They have 6-2, correct? Well, I think that first dynasty, that first thing is a dynasty with who was it? Uh, Terry Bradshaw and I don't know what that guy's name is. What, Chuck Knox? How many Super Bowls did they win? Didn't they win like four? Then I would consider that a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch that shit. So If it's the same quarterback, <laughs> if it's the same quarterback and coach, Within a ten-year span, and you do some damage in those ten years, you're a dynasty. All right, that's just a, a baseline way. So what, what's, me looking there, what's, at the, it. what's the minimum Super Bowl champions within that ten years that you're saying? Is it like three, four, four of them, four of them? Okay, I, I'd say, right. I'd say four, four in ten years, or even three and five. Five and ten is obviously better, but yeah. I mean, we're all making this up, you know. We're we're trying to come up with some sort of baseline to go off of. People might agree or disagree. That's fine, but it, there's got to be some sort of baseline as far as that's concerned, right? No, I agree. Just like I mean, with with the Patriots now, I mean, how how many years has it been? Has <laughs> been damn near twenty years, and yep. they've been to nine Super Bowls in that twenty years and won six of them. And lost so they're three. basically a fucking dynasty for two decades. Yeah, no, they're absolutely a dynasty for the simple fact that same coach, same quarterback, and they've been to the Super Bowl nine times in 19 years. Fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And they got six of those dubs. Fuck the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck those motherfuckers. Yes. And speaking of fuck the Patriots, um, Austin, you're up. Tell us about the 70s Cowboys and the dynasty that never was. Yeah, the, the it was about when I started watching football. Uh, no, just kidding. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us were born yet. I was born in '78, so I was the tail end of this fucking dynasty. Nobody else on this fucking show right now was born. That's for damn sure. I know I'm the oldest. I pulled all of that out of my ass with the Broncos, Austin. I I'm expecting you to do a lot better than me. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead, Austin. No pressure. No right. pressure. The dynasty that never was the Dallas Cowboys from 1970 to 1978. They only managed two championships, even though with they had 14 playoff wins and a record of 94 and 34, which was second during the NFL in the NFL during that span. Their biggest obstacles that they did not overcome were the Steelers, Dolphins, and their three Super Bowl losses. Cowboys certainly had a dynasty with Troy Aikman in the 90s, and they still won two championships during this stretch, so the Dallas folks can't be too crestfallen over the fact that Roger Staubach-led boys don't deserve to be considered a dynasty. That's talking like a Texan right there. This comes down to the fact that you can't have multiple dynasties at one time. It's amazing that Staubach and Landry, their coach, with the help from Tony Dorsett, Randy White, Bob Hayes, Cliff Harris, Rayfield Wright, who is an awesome guy who I've met, and Drew Pearson and Craig Morton, actually, and the quarter, the quarterback who actually quarterbacked during the 1970 Super Bowl. The set of guys were able to play in five Super Bowls during a nine-year span in the 70s. They lost three of those games. During that same stretch, Pittsburgh won three championships, beating Dallas twice. Miami won two. So in order to be a dynasty, you have to win more championships than everyone else in that window, and the, the Dallas Cowboys weren't able to do that. All right, let's... that's a good that's a good point. You, you know, that's a good baseline right there. You know, to be a dynasty, you have to win more championships than your competition. That's a fair point. Yeah. Always, of course. So let's finish strong. Let's get this fifth one done and over with. Obviously, none of us. Again, we're just going deeper and deeper into NFL history, but. This is one that I've known because Derek of... just got a chub when he said that. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, the, this history. is a somewhat of those infamous d- dynasties that was never was because you know when you're young like me and you look over every ESPN uh, magazine that gets delivered to your house because your dad's getting it and you're looking at all the Super Bowl matchups every Super Bowl year and they're showing all the Super Bowl rings and you come across a couple and. You see that the Vikings in a quick in quite a few years from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy seven they had a chance to win about four Super Bowls and they came up with zero. So they had zero championships within this time span. They won nine playoff games going ninety six, twenty nine, and one tie, which was also with which is in common with two other teams that of these dynasties that never were, which is second best in the NFL during that time span. So during this time, again, they had the Steelers and Dolphins as obstacles during that time span uh, during their four Super Bowl losses. So again, there can't be multiple dynasties at the same time. Had the Vikings been this good during any other decade, they might have won some championships in order to earn that dynasty status. But alas, despite dominant quarterback play from Joe Cap in 1969, Minnesota managed to lose four Super Bowls in eight years, while Dallas, Miami, and Pittsburgh were all dominating to a more significant extent. It's really a shame that that resembles that of Buffalo's failed dynasty two de- decades later. Because they don't even have one championship to take solace in. And both teams had legendary quarterbacks. Plus, the Vikings had sort of a dynasty feel. Thanks partly to Hall of Fame head coach Bud Grant, who, if you listen to the Dan Lebitard show, has a yearly... Uh, uh, what is that called? When you just... <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the fucking name of that thing. right? A yard sale. There we go. 
and partly to the defense the defensive front which gave them monk how do i say this word wow monkier Mo- moniker motherfucker monkier <laughs> i'm saying monkier my fucking dyslexia over here which gained the moniker yeah. the purple people leaders an unforgettable team but yet again not a dynasty monica monica Rams uncensored. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The reason we brought all this up, and we're not, this is Rams Uncensored, but we're talking about all these other teams. There's a point to this, okay? And the point is, is that Sean McVay and Jared Goff are linked at the hip, right? Extensions are signed. Everybody's in the driver's seat ready to go and take this on as long as Stan wants them to, right? So the question is, what is their biggest obstacle? Yeah, well, we all fucking know that. We just played them in the Super Bowl, right? So we're just getting started. They're just finishing up. But how many more years do those two dopes are going to be on the field, do you think? Well, Tom, Brady that, Tom Brady's for 42, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Brady's 42 and Bill Belichick's like 107. And he wants to play, <laughs> he wants to play until he's, what, 45? Yeah. Right. Want in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first, motherfucker. Somebody needs to hit him in the goddamn knee and get it over with. No. Don't be like that, Tommy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a douche, but fuck, I'm over it, dude. I want it like, again. It's like when the season starts, you know, we're all excited. And then, you know, the Patriots sign Antonio Brown and there's all this collusion going on. And I just go, I was talking to, to Brandon Bate and I was like, Brandon, you want to just shut it all off and just wait till, you know, next year, this day and start over and. He's like, yeah, I do. No, and it's just, and it's just this feeling of, no matter how hard you work, there's gonna be a roadblock, and it's still sitting there and waiting for you, going, come on, bitch. And from September to fucking, you know, January, if everyone stays healthy and we get back to the dance, I'm gonna tell you right now, the other side of that field is gonna be Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, unless Patrick Mahomes can get that shit done. Because right now, what I feel we're missing out on is the Chiefs versus the Rams every year. That's what we're missing out on. That fucking game we watched at the Coliseum last year was one of the best games in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And, and not because they scored 105 points. It was just exciting, man. It was an exciting game. It was fun to watch. And I want to see more of that. And I want to see the Kansas City Chiefs or somebody in the AFC push past these guys because it's it's not fun for the average fan to watch the same team in the Super Bowl every year, you know, nine out of the last nineteen seasons. It gets old. The average fan doesn't they don't want to see that. It's so bad now that people are just rooting for the Patriots to lose every year. They don't care who the other team is. They just want the other team to win. You know, when the Eagles beat them, the fucking world went nuts, dude, because it's like 
ding dong the witch is dead type shit. Goliath you has agree? been taken down. Yeah, dude. Like I was going <laughs> nuts as if my team was playing in the game. I did the same thing when the Giants beat them twice. We're running around oh, the house. Yeah, yeah let's go. I'm acting like I'm a Giants fan, dude. Like, like just Lyman. losing my mind. That's how much I hate these fucking guys. You know? But can can anybody get it done? What do you guys think? Mark? I, I think that if there is one team that can get it done, honestly, it's us. Uh, I don't see any other NFC team being able to go in there and beat New England other than us. We've already seen them last year, obviously, in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay, you know he's going fucking nuts thinking about that game all off season. He's either schemed against it. He has a new playbook. I don't know. Um, I just don't. I don't see any other team besides us being able to to stop them. And I was talking to you, Tommy, earlier, and I was saying that you know, obviously, if we get back to the Super Bowl, that's who we're gonna face. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no way that even without Antonio Brown and the whole you know all the rape allegations against him, without Antonio Brown, they are still the best team in the AFC. I agree. They're, without getting him, I still saw them as the team to face, you know, in the Super Bowl, the team that will represent the AFC without Antonio Brown. With him, it's like Randy Moss in 2007. 16-0, let's go. You seen their schedule? Have you seen Ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. It's fucking shit. It's like they watching Oklahoma play some fucking, well, yeah, they're uh, fucking Cerritos College. It's like it's like Oklahoma playing Cerritos College every week. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke, man. They're going seven and zero guaranteed. But, There's no way any of those fucking teams beat them. But every single time Bill Belichick goes against one of his former assistants, this week he's going against Brian Flores of the Dolphins. <laughs> he loses. He loses. Did you really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dang. Did you, so, did you guys see the point spread? It's like 19 and a half. It's the biggest point spread I've ever seen in the NFL. Oh, God. For a, a home team. it's That's a college football week one point spread. For a home team. Yeah, because you know, college, man. week one college, you always got a powerhouse versus a fucking chump, you know, a little jobber. We're going to run up 70 points on this fucking team for fun. Like, that's what it looks like, dude. And think about it, the the Dolphins got fucking lucky last year when they beat the Patriots in the regular season. Oh, yeah. That that was, yeah, that was total <laughs> that was, fucking luck. That was crazy. Yeah, but see, and this... Backyard bullshit. This, this, <laughs> yep. <laughs> this first month, these first four weeks of the NFL season, you can never really rely on what happens in these first four months because it's just like teams are still getting ready. They're still finding their identity. So you know something crazy could happen this week. And even though Vegas is saying when that game starts and kicks off, the Dolphins should have 19 points on the board. It should be 19 to zero as soon as kickoff begins. I still think something crazy can go down. And they just got upset and just embarrassed in front of their own crowd against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I heard the the center. He was super pissed and he was like, there was those reports about Dolphins players calling their agents, asking to be traded. And he said, you know, fuck those guys. I don't need them. So they're the, I think they're gonna have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they're gonna they're gonna have a fucking close ass game with the Patriots on Sunday. I'm gonna go out on a limb and fucking say that. 
Don't believe you. <laughs> I need that. I, 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 I need that there. gif. I need yeah. that gif right now. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe you. No, I don't believe you. Just fucking wait, guys. I know the. I know the consensus usually is during the regular season is that you don't know who's who until about week four, week five. But come on, we know who the Patriots are right now. And there ain't anybody in the AFC who is on their schedule within the first seven to eight weeks that's going to contend with them. Unless fucking Tom Brady fucking tears his ACL fucking carrying fucking his wife upstairs. I don't fucking know. Like, it's not it's not happening. No, it's not. The only thing that's going to stop the Patriots is injuries. Right. That's it. That's it. If they stay healthy, they whip everyone's ass. Yeah, and then, you know, Rob Gronkowski yeah. is going to come back week 14, and, you know, no. it's, they're going to even be more dynamic. No. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. It's, it's no, going to happen, real. Matt. Matt, it's going to happen. This on this show right now. All right, Tommy, you with me? Yeah, Gronkowski's Rob coming back, motherfucker. back at the end of the year. Listen, the Patriots can like do whatever they want. Right the Patriots run the NFL, and everyone else is just a part of it. It's fucking shady as hell. We all know it. The shit they did this week with the Raiders and all that. Dude, come on, man. I just can't wait 12 months, 18 months now. From now, they're going to get two draft picks and a $250,000 fine digging away. <laughs> all right. Hey, this just popped in my head, and let me ask you guys, and we can go you know, all the way around with it. So, you know, obviously, we lost to them in the Super Bowl in, what, 2000. 2002 season had there not been allegations with the spy gate and all that shit would you feel any different about the patriots right now had it been clean there was no signs of any kind of cheating at all it was just damn they're a good football team they got us how would you feel right now but you're talking about like all the things they've done wrong over the 19 yeah yeah, yeah. Spike, like say, yeah, the first thing spike, they did the first thing that's where it all started yeah things. Yeah. So if they exactly. did none of them, like they're they're good. Yeah, they're they're you can't fucking get shit on them. That you can't get shit on them. Basically, okay, so that's what I'm saying. All of their egregious cheating behavior is washed out. Every single one exactly. of them. Exactly. Right? All of it. But I think all them, of it. they're amazing. That's I what see. I think. Because why wouldn't you think anything different? You know. I mean, I respect the product hey, they're gonna hate, man. Right, I respect the product they put on the field, and I'll watch them if they're playing in, yeah, and it's not during the Rams, and they're in my the games on in my area. I'm gonna watch that game because I know it's gonna be a good fucking clinic, and it's gonna be a good game. And what I still would f- have animosity towards them because that fucking loss against them in 2001 as a fucking nine year old, that shit has imprinted on me, and I fucking hate them because of that. Yeah, I just have this feeling before, like, 20 years from now, I have this feeling that there's going to be, because all this is going to be behind us, right? All these people are going to be sure. tired. It's all going to be ancient history. I have a feeling after it's all said and done that it's going to come out. Everyone's going to release the evidence of all this stuff, and they're just going to bury them. Because why not? Why not? Tommy, Tommy bury they their still place? haven't figured out who fucking killed Kennedy, man. Come on. Who? They haven't released who killed Kennedy. <laughs> There's a magic bullet, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, like I don't know, I don't know, Tommy. That's obvious. That's kind of optimistic. I mean, I hope. I don't know if it'll make me feel any better about anything, but I'd be more mad if more shit came out. Like, yes, you know, yeah. and not more stuff, just confirmation of 
of all of this because I don't know. I think the NFL wanted to brush it under the rug because it makes it look like they don't have control of their league, right? Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, they what do they say that uh, the tapes were burned? Whatever there was with that, you know. I mean, I mean, it all started with the Jets that season, right? If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. So what? And then we were just we were the next ones. Who else? Who else was involved in all that? No, I mean, the Jets. Yeah. The Jets actually came later in a different season. And oh, was it? The, okay. It, so they caught they caught them doing it at the Jets, and then they backtracked to the Rams. Ah, uh, okay. Once right. the Jets tape came out, the guy came out and said he was the one who fucking filmed the Rams practices. So yeah, that, it's just unfortunate because, I mean, if you're like me going into that game against the Patriots, you're like, this is a done deal. We've already went through what we went through the Packers that year. We went through the Eagles. We, I mean, we, we just got past the Eagles. The Eagles were fucking good back then with Donovan McNabb. Um, I don't remember. Ter- Terrell Owens wasn't on that team yet, right? No. No. Um, I mean, you thought it was in the bag. I mean, the Patriots were just like, we already beat them this year. Come on. Yeah. I remember that Monday hearts. night game we played them too. I remember. I wore my jersey to fucking catechism. Let's move on from this subject because my blood pressure's starting to raise. <laughs> Just we don't, that we, yeah, please, dude. We, I, we need, I need Tommy to be uh, vertical on Sunday. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, All right. That, that the, game, let, let's put it this way. I was in my early 20s, and my temper at 41 is much more tempered than it was back then. Let's just say that. Um, let's move on to a more interesting topic that happened this week. It was actually really funny. Lighthearted. I retweeted it, <laughs> and I talked about it. A lot of people disagreed with me, and I could tell you know, why they disagreed with me, and I get it. Everybody's different. Everybody raises children differently. Everybody has their own way of doing things. Doesn't make them right or well, wrong or whatever, but that's why you have different types of you know, human beings in the world. You have tough guys, you have mencitos, you have, you know, you have all kinds of different type of people because of the way they were raised by their parents. What are you talking about, Tommy? So what I'm talking about right now (laughs) is the motherfucking Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence. I would have did the same thing if I was Sam. You can call me a dick, you can call me whatever, but there's a guy on our team named Todd Gurley that does the same shit, and and I've seen him do it. I've seen it. Yeah, we saw it, but I've seen it more than once. He doesn't give a fuck about you or your stupid autograph, right? He, if he, Todd Gurley is just basically just like this. If you want him to sign something, you better give him something neutral or you better give him his jersey or forget it. Some girl tried to get him to sign her jersey of another player on the Rams, and and he's like, wrong jersey. You know, he said the same thing. It was a Rams jersey, but it wasn't him. Why would he sign somebody else's jersey? And the girl got all mad and cursed at him and was a complete trashy fan, not a real fan. I'm, you know, I'm sick of these autograph chasers, too. You saw it there, Mark. There's people with bags of miniature footballs you running around. Grown men. Grown men with you bags know of what footballs. what I saw, Tommy? What? I saw Anthony get his autograph. <laughs> well yeah dude what the fuck does that have to do don't be a brian right now and interrupt me and say some shit <laughs> don't piss me off i'm just saying listen <laughs> you did the right thing right what did he sign signed a hat 
He signed a fucking neutral object. Exactly. This fucking kid this week wearing a Giants Saquon Barkley jersey runs up to Demarcus Lawrence with a Cowboys towel in his hand. First of all, why are you holding the Cowboys towel when you're wearing a Giants jersey? You're a Giants fan, son. Show some fucking loyalty and <laughs> throw that towel on the fucking ground and stomp on it. Piss on it. I don't give a damn. This kid's probably, what, seven, eight, nine years old? Probably around Anthony's age, right? Yeah. Would you have been Maybe okay with older. him? Would you have been Hell okay no. with him, a 49er towel to a 49er player? You don't need no fucking know. 49ers autograph. I got, my ass chewed. I got my ass chewed on Twitter this week like I was some kind of fucking Hitler drill sergeant father because of what I said. <laughs> and what no. I see, and no offense, I'm going to offend some Ram fans right now. But that's fine. We, we agree to disagree. My son will probably fucking steal your son's lunch money in school one day. Fuck it. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to raise my son to be a bully, but my son is not going to do dumb shit. He's going to learn to be loyal. He's not going to get to pick his own team. His whole room is all Rams. He's 11 months old. All Rams. All he does is stare at horns all day. He's being brainwashed. He doesn't get a fucking choice. You know why? Because <laughs> yeah. you don't pay the fucking mortgage. Okay? Kids don't call shots. Fucking parents do. Get your shit together, people. That's why everyone's a fucking crybaby nowadays. Because you're like, well, they, my son wants to do that, so it's okay. No, it's not. He's a fucking stupid kid. Tell him what time it is, god damn it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> hey, hey, Tommy, let me ask you this. Remember when we were at training camp and we had those idiots that were coming in with fucking Seahawks jerseys and Chargers jerseys? What did Anthony tell you? Oh, my God, dude. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony was even like, "What the hell?" Like, yeah, your son is. <laughs> I didn't, I, and I didn't tell him anything. That no. he came up with that all on his own. He was oh. like, "They're stupid." <laughs> yeah, and I was very proud of him because all those people were doing was looking for attention. Exactly. I would never, ever, wear my Rams jersey or Rams apparel to a game that they are not fucking playing in, or. Somebody else's training camp. You're fucking puffing your chest out. Look how big my weenie is. Fucking nobody cares, dude. Just wear street clothes and just enjoy the fucking show. What's wrong with people? How are you going to come to my fucking training camp with a Seahawks jersey on? Get your ass kicked for that, dude. What's wrong with you? There was a Seahawks guy wearing a 12 jersey at the Falcons game two years ago. And, and who? Oh, at the Coliseum? At the Coliseum, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I see that all the time. <laughs> the worst thing I saw at the Coliseum was in 2016. We lost basically every home game just about that year. And I think it was the game, yes, it was the game where we lost in the rain to the Dolphins, right? It was pouring rain. That was fun, by the way, tailgating in the rain. Everybody at first was, like, freaking out, like umbrellas and hiding under the canopies and the more beer people drank, the the more we were just drenched and said, fuck it, you know. But we had a good time. But there's this kid, probably 19, 20 years old, walking out wearing a Cowboys jersey and a Rams hat. And he was chanting, go Cowboys, because the Cowboys apparently won somewhere else in the country. And 
I just we're all walking out and I'm, I'm looking at him, and my wife is like, "What? What's up?" I'm all, "Look at this fucking kid." And she looks and she's like, "Well, I'm like, look at his jersey and look at his hat." And she looks and she's like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's fucked." So I went over to him and he's just running his mouth, Cowboys, with a Rams hat on, at a game the Cowboys aren't even playing, soaking wet everywhere. I walk up and I said, "What's up, dummy?" I'm like, are you fucking lost? And he's like, no. I'm like, you look lost to me. And let me take that. You don't need that. And I took his hat off and I threw it in the fucking water. I was like, <laughs> fuck out of here, dude. And I and I know it sounds stupid to throw a Rams hat in the water. But that was the one exception. I fucking had to do it. I mean, I wasn't going to rip his jersey off of him and throw it on the ground and cause a big scene. But I pulled the hat off real quick, dropped it in the water. He didn't do shit about it, but it had to be done. You fucking retard. Let me break it down for you like this. Say it ain't happening this year, but say we go to Seattle next year, right? Say they give out towels to all this on all the seats. You think I'm gonna fucking grab one of those towels and fucking go after wait after the game and hope that Russell Wilson comes out and fucking try to get his autograph or send Anthony out for that shit? Fuck no, I'm not doing that shit. I'll piss on it before I do that. You damn right. I'll use it as toilet paper. Yeah, wipe my ass. That toilet. I'll wipe my butt with it. I'll throw it in the toilet. I'll flush it, and it'll overflow, and I'll walk the fuck out. Dude, and if you if you look at that video (laughs) of that kid going up to Demarcus Lawrence, his whoever is with him is kind of like pushing him along. Like you see their hand come out and be like, "Hey, go, go, go!" Like, come on, man. That's just fucking bad parenting. Don't do that stupid shit. Yeah, it's. It's a bad move all the way around. I mean, if that was my son and he was he was like, Dad, I want to get Demarcus Lawrence's autograph, and I'd have been like, son, can I see that towel for a minute? And he'd stick his hand out, and I would smack it out of his hand on the ground. But like, you don't fucking want that shit. You <laughs> kidding me right now? I'm going to pretend you didn't say that dumb shit. Let's get the hell out of here. What's wrong with you? Teach him a lesson. That's hey, and then th- and this is what Cody and fucking Brian were trying to tell you. Like, oh, well, what if it's this, you know, like if it's this guy from my favorite college team and I want his autograph, but he plays for the opposing team. Dude, I'm an Arizona Wildcat fan. If fucking Gron- Rob Gronkowski was right in front of me and, and you know, all we had was Patriot shit, like I'm not asking for his a fucking autograph. I could have fucking got I could have fucking got it when he was here playing at Arizona. I didn't get it then. No. Well. Exactly. And Brian and Cody, like Cody, because he's from fucking the cornfields in Iowa, you know, he's like, well, George Kittle went to Iowa and I watched every game. I went to every game he played. So if I wanted to get his autograph while he's on the Niners, is that wrong? I'm like, yes, you fucking dumbass. Yes. And he disagreed with me. But the fact of the matter is I'm fucking right. I don't care if you disagree. I'm right. You're wrong. Fuck you. If you want other players' autographs, buy autograph cards, all right? There you go. I like that idea, Matt. That's a good – that's a fucking great idea. Listen, I've never – I've only gotten one autograph my whole life. And mind you, I grew up in the fucking music industry. So you know how many I could have got? You don't even want to know. I got zero. I wasn't allowed to ask for fucking autographs. My father wouldn't let me. So that's the way I was raised. I didn't get an autograph. I, dude, I was standing in line 
at the fucking House of Blues years ago, and Mark Wahlberg is standing in line right in front of me with his hat real low, trying to be quiet. I'm like, tapped him on the shoulder, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, I know who you are. I'm going to say nothing. I'm like, why the fuck are you standing in line? Um, he's like, well, I'm going to go to the show. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, I get that, bro, but you're fucking Mark Wahlberg. Just go walk in. You don't got to stand in line, dude. Come on. And he's like, listen, I'm no better than any of you. I'm just here to see. I'm like, now we're talking, my kind of guy. And we hung out in line and shot the shit. I didn't ask him for an autograph. I treated him like a normal human being because that's what they want. They just want to be left alone and not bothered, right? The only time I ever got an autograph was at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl at the StubHub Center from Isaac fucking Bruce. The Reverend. Because he's Isaac fucking Bruce, okay? Yeah, dude, you, you just fucking, you have to get an autograph from the Reverend. I don't give a fuck if you have a fucking, a sword on you. You get that fucking autograph, bro. It's Randy fucking Jackson on a samurai <laughs> sword, bitch. I fucking love it, Tommy. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> you caught what I was putting down there. Yes. You goddamn right, man. But no, I just don't. After watching the fiasco at training camp this year, it really pissed me off even more because these adults are going there with bags of mini footballs, full-size footballs, uh, just all kinds of trinkets. And just trying to get as many signatures as possible because they're selling them all on eBay. It's obvious the way they're doing it. And they're running around trampling children. It's disgusting. And it pisses me off. You're a grown-ass man. Fucking act like it. Push the kids to the front. The kids are the only thing that matter, you fucking dickheads. Mm-hmm. That's it. Exactly. And if you're pushing and you know children out of the do. way to get an autograph, you're a piece of trash. And what did I have to do, Tommy, when Gurley came up to us? I had to literally fucking grab Anthony. And fucking just pull him back with me. Because there are so many people piling on top of us. That was bullshit. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. The amount of people that... They're just so starstruck. It's disgusting. It's like, dude, come on. They're just football players, man. Chill the fuck out, dude. They're human beings just like... like I don't want to play anybody's celebrity down, but... Just growing up the way I grew up, there's just fucking people to me, dude. They just do special things, you know? And when you treat them that way, trust me, it goes a long way. Like, I've been on the field multiple times during Ram games. I've done bubble soccer at halftime. I've had plenty of access to the players, whether it's on the field of the Coliseum or at training camp, right? Where you get FaceTime with them, you talk to them. I'm in the hallway you know, getting ready for bubble soccer and the guys are coming in and fucking Roger Saffold comes up to me. I was like, hey, man, don't go too far in that tunnel. I'm about to put on a fucking show out there. And he fist bumped me and started laughing. And then when they came back out, uh, Johnny Hecker and Greg Zerline were coming out to warm up. And I we had just got done and I threw off my my bubble right in front of them. I was like, you don't want none of this smoke. And they started laughing. They're like, what up, dude? But you just you just got to talk to the guys like they're the guys, man. They're just people like you and I. They just want to they just want to feel normal for five fucking seconds, you know. That's all. I could respect that, Tommy. All right. All right. What do we got now? Let's go into we going into the Saints. You know it. It's all about the Saints game, guys. So let's get our thoughts and predictions out. I guess first of first first. Hey Matt, you gonna be at the Saints game? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm now, Austin, Austin, you gonna be at the Saints game? Bet your ass. Tommy, you gonna be at the Saints game? Oh hell yeah! Woo! 
Let's fucking go. Let's get it. Let's get our drink on. Let's get that dub on. You know what? The, to, and to start things off with predictions and a little bit of analysis of this game, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees are, do poorly outside in the elements. When they're not playing in an arena, they're not the same team. We simply know this to be a fact. And I expect Goff and the McVay offense to drop at least another 30 points. Yeah, sure. The Saints might get 23, 27 points, but to me that ain't going to be shit because I think I got the Rams by at least a touchdown this week, even though I said they were losing by three last week and they got the win. You know, that's reverse psychology. But now, there's shit all over the Saints. I just feel like we're, we're going to pop them in the mouth too. These Rams are tired about all the fucking talk, all the smoke about them not supposed to be going to the Super Bowl last year. They're ready to show that they truly are the better team and let's get let's get ready for this fucking exciting game on Sunday, guys. Austin, let's hear from you, man. What do you think about the game? All right, I think we need to see Goff pick up, shake off the rust from last week, and if he plays well, this game is ours. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer. I think it's going to be pretty s- symbolic of what it was in the NFC Championship, and maybe we get a. Mikhail Roby Coleman pick to turn into Gurley running the rock, icing the clock, and a Greg Zerline field goal to win it. Love it. Love it. Mark, what do you say? Hey, man, this is my first fucking game at the Coliseum, a Rams home game. I've been fucking dreaming of this shit my whole life. The Rams coming back to L.A. Sorry, St. Louis. Finally! Fucking finally it's happening, and I have fucking Tommy to thank for it because there was some... I almost hesitated, but my guy Tommy had my back, and he's like, no, you fucking do this. Let's go. You got to be there, and I'm going to be there. I can't fucking wait. I can't wait to take my family to this game. It's going to be a close game. I think we come out. We we have a a touchdown right off the bat. We might, kind of similar to the Panthers game, we might jump out to a little bit of a lead, you know, 10, 13 points. They're going to close the gap. And we're going to, again, rely on Todd Gurley to ice the game, wear them down in the fourth quarter. And I would say it's going to be, let's see, 34 to 28. Rams win. Goff is not going to have any interceptions. He's going to redeem himself. He's going to play a solid game. It's just going to be a playoff atmosphere. We're going to get it done at the end of the day, though. Tell me what you got. All right, all right, all right. I love them high school girls. <laughs> I keep getting older, and they stay the same age, buddy. <laughs> Fucking Matthew McConaughey. No, I'm excited for multiple reasons. Um, The Rams are back at home. It's been a minute. It's going to be hot. We're going to drink a lot. A lot of people are flying in from all over the country to come to this game. It's an absolute playoff atmosphere because a lot of the guys like Austin and and Nick and and the show goes on, right? So many people are flying in that live out of state. They usually only fly in for playoff games now because, you know, they're trying to save up their money and, and why not save it up to be a part of that atmosphere, right? But in week two... Our first home game, this is an absolute playoff atmosphere. 
with absolute playoff implications because in week two, we could be talking about tiebreakers at the end of the season, right? So this is very important. Um, Matt, you're right. The Saints don't play well on grass. I mean, a lot of people don't. It's hard to fast track, you know, on grass versus AstroTurf. But nonetheless, it's a fact. Um, They're also slow starters. So if we jump out to a big lead, we can control the tempo of the game. Um, I see this game going Rams 37, Saints 23. I don't think it's going to be that close. I really don't. I think that they're going to make the mistake of not triple teaming Aaron Donald like the Panthers did because they're going to say, if we triple team Aaron Donald, then guys like Fowler and and Matthews and and Brockers run either free or one-on-one. So pick your poison. And I don't think they'll put three guys on Aaron and two's not enough. So I think he's going to have some fun on Sunday. We're getting that W and we're shutting down all the bullshit noise about referees uh, giving us Ws. You know, one thing I do expect to to have a somewhat of a poor showing is the running defense. The running defense hasn't been too great the, to speak of the last two or three years. And, I mean, if, if Christian McCaffrey's showing is anything, I think Alvin Kamara is probably going to tear up this offense and have a, somewhat of a similar showing. But as long as we can contain it to just Kamara – then the Rams will be just fine. You, how do you guys think that Michael Thomas is going to do on, on Sunday? Three catches, Four, thirty-five three, yards, something like that. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, and, and all in all honesty, I you know, I mean, I hope that he comes out and I mean, he doesn't fucking catch anything. But let's be real here. I mean, I mean, we we did fucking. I mean, we held him to four catches for thirty-six yards in the biggest game of the fucking season in the NFC Championship. The only thing no. he's catching on Sunday is a clap at the strip club after. Oh, oh. You know, I, <laughs> I, I really just want to see fucking JJ pop him on a fucking slant route. That's what I want to see. Or Get rap. him, JJ. Get him, JJ. Dude, how about Taylor Rapp, man? Dude, he's he's a tackling he good. Machine. Tackling machine, dude. His form. Oh, dude. Uh, and I tweeted about this on Sunday. Like, it was just nice to see. Somebody have great form while tackling. Oh yeah, his form up, he's gonna pull him down, man. He's gonna Just, be a great player for a long time. Yeah. Yep. No. And we got him at fucking what the sixty-first pick in the draft. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Absolutely. dropped thirty. We dropped thirty spots to get the guy we wanted all along, man. I don't know. The funny thing is, is from thirty-one to sixty-one. What did the other teams not see that we did? Because I thought he was good at 31. I would have took him at 31 and moved on, you know? Fuck, man, that's gnarly, dude. And that's a hell of a gamble to be like, you know what? This is the guy we want, but we're just going to keep pushing him down 30 picks, and he's still there. 31 other teams didn't take him in those 30 picks. Lester fucking It's fucking weird, right? Hmm. Like, how is that even possible? It was like we knew. Yeah, it, it, no, you're absolutely right. Like, there was some weird, like, undercover situation going on because how do you gamble that far? Like, okay, gamble two or three picks, I get it, but 30? Fuck, man, that's ridiculous. It absolutely is. Right, so man. what's up? You guys want to get into final thoughts? I was about to suggest the same thing. So, Austin, it. we do a segment now at the end of every show called Final Thoughts. 
it's an opportunity for each one of us to vent about anything you want in life that and it could have nothing to do with the rams it could be just something that's a pet peeve of yours that pisses you off on a daily basis and you just want to let it out that's kind of our thing now so um we won't make you go first or we won't uh, if you don't want to go you don't have to but i'm gonna say matt you're up buddy i'm going last like always yeah all right fuck i forgot it as soon as i had it <laughs> no no i <laughs> Well, I know what my new final thought is now. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I got it. Don't hurry up, Matt, before I forget mine. No, yeah. My <laughs> final thought is if you come to the game on Sunday, my dad has a shitload of whistles. Make sure to sneak them in, and let's make this motherfucker loud as fuck for Drew Brees in that offense on Sunday. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. That's such a good idea. So my question is, are they plastic? Yes, yes, yes. What's the the bead inside? What is it made of? Oh, I think it's just wood. Okay, just check. Just make sure nothing's metal, and if they're not metal, we're good to go. Yeah. Make sure I get one. What, what did Demarco Far tell us, every, everybody today? He was trying to suggest some exactly that, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> dude, let's. I'm fucking Give them doing a dose of their own medicine. No, fucking for real, it. man. Those dude. The fact that they showed up to their first home game and wearing the fucking locker, you know, the foot locker jerseys. Fucking come on, man. And that leads me into my fucking final thoughts. If I fucking see you wearing a fucking referee jersey, I'm going to fucking annihilate your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will fucking annihilate you. I'm going to turn get those... out of here with that shit. It's my first time at the college. If I fucking see you doing wearing that bullshit, you're going to fucking hear it. Oh, shit. Fucking white claw your fucking hand. Yeah, buddy. Turn them wipe stripes yellow, buddy. I'm going to pee on your shit. <laughs> Austin, you want to crack at it or you want to pass? Yeah. Um, thought, I'm just, my final thoughts is we've been dealing with this since February. It's now September. So, you got, what do you got? Five months? No, seven months. Shit. Yeah. And I'm just ready for it to finally be what happens at the game. Saints fans can quit crying. Rams can show what they're about and win this game. Shut them crybaby Saints up. I cannot wait to go hang with you guys at the tailgate. Fuck yes. Yeah, man. This Sunday's going to be epic. I'm so excited to see everyone. I'm going to pace myself. I might even go get a hydration IV on Friday just to (laughs) No, I'm serious, dude. I go to the hydration bar in fucking Newport Beach and go sit in a Lazy Boy and put on some little waterfalls on the TV and just sit there and get hydration IVs. They're filled with all kinds of vitamins, and they actually have a pregame one. It's like 150 bucks, and they just fill you up with all these vitamins and everything so you can just get shit-faced. And then if you want, if you get a super bad hangover, you can just go back the next day, and they'll give you the hangover IV, and you'll be good as good. It's awesome. Yeah, buddy. But my final thought has nothing to do with football, okay? It actually has to do with Something that people say all the time that's pretty fucking idiotic if you really think about it, right? Hella idiotic. So you'll be listening to a radio show, watching TV, having a conversation with your buddies. And one of them goes, hey, man, did you DVR that show last night? And I go, did I what? Oh, did you DVR the show? I was like, no. They're like, oh, so you're not going to watch it? I'm like, no, I fucking recorded it. Yeah, I recorded the show. I didn't DVR it, though, motherfucker. Because a DVR is a digital video recorder. It's actually a fucking device that records shows. So you're asking me an 
action question. Right? Is that what you're fucking telling me? <laughs> when I was a fucking kid, did I fucking say, did I VCR the show? No, you fucking retards. Nobody ever said that shit. They said they recorded it. They put the fucking tape in it, and they recorded the shit. They recorded it on a fucking uh, cassette tape, a CD, burn, whatever the hell. Nobody ever said, v- I'm going to VCR that show next week. No. It's fucking called recording. You're going to record the show. Stop saying DVR. You sound like a fucking idiot. Okay? Stop doing what everyone else does and just use your head for once in your life. Thank you and good night. And acronyms make it smart. <laughs> and that'll do it this week for Rants Uncensored. Thanks for joining, everyone. That's why Rants I go Rants Uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian joined the call. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, I'm going to do all of Brian's jokes in 10 seconds. Ready? Krispy Kreme, Cricket Wireless. <laughs> um, what else does he got? Stuttering prick. Stuttering prick. Spit it out, man. Hello. Mark, Mark, uh, hey, quiet, Mark, talk, talk, Mark. Hey, buddy. <laughs> you sounded exactly like him right there. <laughs> Dude, how the fuck did you do that? Motherfucker. I think he's on the call now. I'm starting to get weird. <laughs> Ryan, are you there? I'm going to text him. This now. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be so bad when he hears. Hey, fuck you, Brian. Thanks for not joining in because you're with your 18 CEOs drinking beer, calling in a meeting, fucking dick. Austin, thank you for joining us tonight. Yes. We appreciate you coming on the call. It's about time. Yeah, it was a blast. And we will see you on Sunday. Yeah. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Ladies on the Minjay. <laughs> Later. People like to just hear people fucking talk shit. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.